Selfish Sesh would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to The Selfish Sesh. Now, I'm sorry that I wasn't here last week. Was it last week? Yeah, I wasn't there. And that was basically because it was my birthday and I had the most epic birthday weekend with my friends and we had a little private dinner in this cellar at a bar in Melbourne. And it was so, so beautiful, but that did mean that the whole week I was so exhausted and also the night before that I had Harry Styles, which also epic. I just was really, really tired. So I did have to skip out on my solo episode last week, but the topic which was all about why I deleted dating apps, I started recording it and I recorded it twice, but I want to do it one more time because I just didn't get it perfect. And I think it's such an important topic to talk about, so that will now go live next week. But very, very excitingly, this is potentially one of my favorite interviews ever. And I think that you'll really like it. It is super lighthearted, super fun, but also we do touch on some pretty serious topics as well. Today, I am joined by Geelong-based sexologist and host of the podcast, That's Orgasmic, Emily Duncan. Now, she is super sex positive, which we love here. And today we talk all about how to have better sex in 2023. This couldn't come at a better time for me because I'm not having sex in 2023. And seeing as it is now March, I am thinking that maybe that might be a little bit of a problem. But lucky for me, I got to chat to Emily and we chatted through this issue as well as just how to, you know, set some some sexual intentions for the year and really own it, own your power and just have a little bit of fun. And also, if you do love this episode, I actually went on Emily's podcast last week. So on there, I discussed all about, again, why I deleted dating apps and how to be super positive when it comes to life and just taking life by both hands, but also not subscribing to toxic positivity which is certainly a thing anyway enough from me let's get on to the interview welcome emily to the selfish sesh we were just chatting offline that we've been following each other for a very very long time so it's nice to actually finally connect and obviously both as podcasters we have a lot in common so welcome thank you i'm so excited to be here i'm very excited to chat to you but before we get started as this podcast is all about self who is Emily Duncan in three words or less? Okay, I actually struggled with this so much. I was like, who am I? I was like, should I just say my full name, like Emily Ann Duncan? <laughs> um, but I sat down with my friends last night, actually, and they were like, okay, here's the three words. They were like, sexy, fun, and fruity. <laughs> oh, they're great words. I know sometimes you just have to ask your friends. I feel like though. Sometimes it doesn't always match up to what you see yourself as, but do you think it is a good good reflection? 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. It was pretty much, I don't know. It was one of those things I'm like, how do I do this without like sounding arrogant or like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's one thing to sit in your journal and describe yourself. It's another thing to actually put it publicly. Yeah. My three words are hot, pretty, beautiful. No, I'm kidding. I love it. <laughs> now, firstly and foremost, you are a sexologist and you also have a very, very relatable podcast that's orgasmic. What exactly do you do as a sexologist? Yeah, so basically a sexologist is kind of like an expert on human sexuality and I myself work with individuals to like cultivate sexual wellness. So individuals can like book sessions with me and we work on a whole heap of issues from sexual difficulties such as like erectile difficulties, sexual pain, difficulty with orgasm, um, performance anxiety, like whole heap of things, but then also exploring sexuality, exploring kinks, relationship dynamics, like literally everything that comes to sex and relationships, basically a sexologist can support you with. Was this something that you always were interested in? I know it's like quite a new science per se. Was it something that, you know, growing up you were interested in relationships and sex and you knew you wanted to be a sexologist? I was always fascinated with sex. Like I was just one of those kids that was like fascinated. I remember the first time I found porn, I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like I've always been definitely drawn to it, um, probably more than like the average person. But it wasn't until um, when I was 18, I caught, uh, not caught, contracted chlamydia a couple times and it was from the same partner and I just realized how much I didn't know how to communicate about STIs and I was like this is kind of fucked up that in high school they teach you like what it is but they don't teach you what to do when you contract an STI which I think is way more important than just knowing what the signs and symptoms are when most of the time you don't even get those so I was just like that's kind of fucked up I want to change that and then the more I talked to people I was just like everybody's so uneducated and there's so much stigma and this is so unnecessary and then I found all of these sex positive accounts on Instagram and I was just like fascinated I was like oh my god like look at these people who are so sexually liberated are talking about everything you know we want to talk about but we're too scared to and are kind of going down this sex positive movement and then I found what a sexologist was and once I found that I was like I'm done that's me and changed my course at uni to go to psych because that felt like the best fit before sexology and yeah as soon as I found it I was just like this is it and like everything else in my life I change every like five minutes but this was the one thing that I've been like persistent like this is it. It's so funny it I've realized that too and like one thing that I'm like we need to change is sex education in high school. I literally only learned how to put a condom on a banana and the last guy I slept with like asked me to put a condom on and I didn't really know how to do it. I was like, that's a you job. That's a not a me job. But it's so true. And I remember the first time I I also have a chlamydia story. I was beside myself. I was sobbing. I was because I didn't know that it was a so curable if you catch it early but like in high school they just scare you about STIs and I was so frightened I didn't tell anyone and then after that I was cleared of it I was like oh shit this is actually quite easy to deal with yeah literally I was the same I 
like whenever something goes, I guess, like wrong in life, I just take the absolute piss out of it. And like, so as soon as I contracted it, I remember I was calling all my friends and I was like, oh my God. And like, just like kind of just joking about it. I was like, well, at least I'm not pregnant because it's so easy to treat, like literally just taking a few tablets and generally it's treated. Um, but I guess I was lucky in the sense that like I – anything about myself I can't keep secret like everybody has to know (laughs) so like my parents knew straight away like mum knew like literally as soon as I got home my dad knew like everybody knew and it was something that I think took people by surprise was how openly I was just like oh my god I have chlamydia and everyone was going oh like are you okay (laughs) I know it's it's like that everyone is so worried for you and you're like no it's actually fine you should know this but people don't so you're doing god's work here so thank you thank you we need more of you in this world now today's conversation is all about how to have better sex in 2023 and to be honest i need this conversation because I'm not having sex in 2023. She's having a dry spell, you know? It's not that great. We're not loving that. But firstly, I want to chat about one thing that you just touched on was you found all of these sex positive accounts on Instagram and that really sparked, you know, your passion for sexology. What is sex positivity in your own words? I think sex positivity is embracing sex in all of its forms whether it's from asexuality to somebody who has like I don't know 20 partners that they somehow managed to navigate and have all of the kinkiest like sex use all the sex toys in the world um it's really just embracing everybody from each end of the spectrum and not judging anybody for their sexual sexual choices and just allowing everybody to sexually sexually express themselves in the way that they want to express themselves and I think it's just really getting educated and just literally just embracing everybody for how they want to have sex as long as it's not necessarily harmful then like everybody can just go for it. Are you seeing that in your work as a sexologist that you know talking about sex and female sexual pleasure is less of a taboo now? Yeah I think so definitely. I think with social media that's helped a heap. Even TikTok, I feel like I've seen so many TikToks where women are talking about sex and doing it in a way that is liberated and we're talking about the things that we're told not to talk about. So I think social media has played a massive role and like we're definitely seeing it more in mainstream media but I still feel like it's often quite sexualized. Like it's not coming across in a way that like women are talking about it to be liberated it's still women being quite sexualized in like movies and things like that so I think social media is doing a great job and yeah it's just definitely becoming more of a conversation especially amongst like the younger generation I'm definitely seeing it yeah and I think too even like randomly you know the former bachelor and love island stars but you know posting photos with their vibrators I think that is only a good thing right no absolutely like I've been seeing so many vibrators and now like companies like Vush and that that are putting out you know sponsored content obviously but it means we're seeing vibrators on our pages like we're seeing them everywhere there's yeah it's just so much more common and even on like shows like The Bachelor I remember this season Bella saying something like oh my god I'm so wet 
Like you could never have said that five, 10 years ago. No, you literally couldn't. And also one thing about vibrators too, they're pretty now. They used to be so ugly. Oh my God, they're so pretty. I know they actually did. I remember my first one and I like, it was just an ugly, you know, penis looking purple dildo. Like it was so ugly, but now they're so much nicer. They feel bougie, expensive. Like it feels like an investment. Now let's get to the juicy stuff. How can I, as a as someone who is not having sex in 2023, have better sex in 2023. I need your help. (laughs) (laughs) So there's honestly a lot that we can do, but to start with, it's working out what the fuck do you actually want? Like, what do you like? What do you not like? I think that's massive because the more you can do, obviously what you like, the better sex you're going to have. So to start with, I before you're even like having sex if you like to journal it's a great option but to sit down and think about okay what have been my best sexual experiences and what have been my worst sexual experiences and why and look at what was contributing to each experience and then trying to pull from that okay this is what I like this is obviously what I don't like and whether that's how you like like being stimulated, different like sex positions, um, maybe even just the characteristics in a partner, like how vocal they are, eye contact, do I need a connection, do I not need a connection, like looking at actually what contributes to good sex for you. Then taking that to sex, like I think the biggest way you can explore and work out how to have better sex is by having sex with different people or having sex in different ways and trying to work out what you like and also applying that to solo sex I like think masturbation is amazing for trying to work out what you like especially because if you can pleasure yourself then you can take that into partnered sex if that's what you want to have so I think yeah, definitely trying to masturbate in different ways, not getting into the habit of just like, I know how to get myself off. So I'm going to do this every time because I just want to have an orgasm and getting comfortable with your body too. like sit down in front of a mirror, have a look, like actually get to know your anatomy, even like while you're masturbating and like, so you know exactly what's going on, exactly where you're touching. And then you're going to be able to direct your partners when you're having partnered sex on how to actually pleasure yourself. Um, another thing, as I said before, but like try new things, like you don't know what you're going to like until you do it. And like, you've probably heard the saying, try everything once, but I say, try everything twice, unless you know, you really don't like it. Try everything twice. Cause when it comes to sex, like the first time you might be feeling a bit uncomfortable and especially if it's like partnered sex, you might be trying something new. Like let's say anal for instance and you're just like oh my god I what if I get shit on their dick or fingers or whatever it is or like I you know you're not feeling completely comfortable often like if you remember the first time like having sex or being fingered or anything like that it often just feels weird you're like I don't know how this feels like this sensation is different and then you do it again and you're a bit more comfortable like oh okay like I can kind of see why people do this so if you try everything twice You might get past that like, oh, this is weird part and then maybe enjoy it more. So I definitely recommend that unless you do it and you're just like, oh my God, no, like this is terrible. Like obviously don't don't do it again. But I think that's another great tip. Another one is mindful sex, like trying to just be more present and mindful and something that I find really works for me at least is when you breathe in, like 
deep breath in and then breathing out almost imagining like you're breathing out through your genitals so when you like focus the air going out through your genitals all of a sudden for some reason it just makes everything feel so much better and your attention's focused down there you're really tapped into the pleasure what you're feeling and it just makes you yeah more present and out of your head so I definitely recommend that if you are somebody who either struggles to stay with your body to breathe like that and even if you're not like just focusing your attention like that with your breath it really just heightens the sensation that you're feeling which then leads me to the next one of like focusing on pleasure like that is so big not trying to like have an orgasm like if you just chase pleasure and follow that you're most likely going to have just a better sexual experience potentially find new ways to pleasure your body or find different ways that you actually enjoy pleasuring somebody else and if you just like follow that path of pleasure like you're often just going to have a better sexual experience and it just also happens that like when you focus on pleasure you typically have more orgasms like it just takes away that pressure so I think that's another really big one and then probably finally I feel like I'm just rambling all these shooting them all at you but communication it like comes up again and again when it comes to talking about sex but like communication is massive and if we're having casual sex like say we're single and having casual sex this is the best time to practice because like when you're having casual sex like you might never see them again so who cares like get like comfortable with trying to one like ask for what you want stopping something that's not feeling good often especially like women and like femmes will just if something's not feeling good we'll just stick it out because like oh they'll eventually change positions or this you know it'll stop soon like actually like if you don't like it say hey like I'm I'm not feeling this or do it like this or like let's try this instead um because we shouldn't have to sit through something that we're not actually enjoying and often like when we're having sex with people like we both want to pleasure each other so like the other person isn't going to want to like do something you're not enjoying so don't be afraid to be like let's change this up and yeah just really getting comfortable with asking for what you want I think that's really big because that's just going to improve your sex life massively if you are able to have these conversations with the people you're having sex with. I love that last one because that is definitely something that I need to practice a little bit more. I am laughing at you going, you know, as femmes, we might just, you know, let people finish and then, you know, wait for it to be over. I can relate to that so much. The last guy I slept with, the sex was awful and I just was like, this is just not enjoyable for me. But I didn't say anything. I just kind of waited for it to be over. Yeah, well, I feel like sometimes it feels easier to just put up with it and just let it end or, like, be like, okay, let me, like, kind of put on a show while they're doing this so they can come faster or, like, to, you know, get it done. But, like, I'm the same. Like, it's been so many times, say, like, we're in a position like doggy and it's starting to hurt, but I'm like, oh, I'll just I'll just put up with it because, like, we'll only be in this for another couple of minutes or something instead of being, like, straight away, okay, no, this is painful or something, let's change it up. And like, it's so, it's such a bad habit, but it's so common. Like we just, we've just been taught to like almost be like this performative, just put up with it, don't ruin the mood. 
but it's no ruin the mood <laughs> it's not worth it and like it's not even going to ruin the mood like I not that now that I'm trying to think of like times that I've had sex with men and them be like I'm not enjoying this or let's do something else that feels better I actually can't think of any time they've done that but I'm sure if they did I would not care I'd be like sure let's do it like it's not it's not a bad thing to you know ask what you want or say I'm not enjoying this let's do something that I'm going to enjoy more so for people that are lacking that confidence and I'm a very confident person but there's just some times that I'm like I'd rather just not have the conversation but for people who are lacking the conv- uh, the confidence to say to their partner hey stop let's do something else or I'm not really enjoying that do you have any tips to kind of get to that point of going okay yep I can say this I think you've just got to start you just got to really either just start doing it or start small. So if you're scared of like saying something that's going to like ruin the mood, try and do it in a way that you think might not. For instance, oh, it actually feels really good when you do this or this is how I like to do it because um, often or even just like, yeah, this feels really good but this is going to feel better because you're still kind of giving them a little bit of praise instead of just being like, oh, my God, you fucking suck. Stop doing that. Um, so I think, yeah, starting, I guess, maybe with more comments like that. But it's just one of those things like you just have to – the only way you can really get better at it in those situations is practice and asking for it. Like you can try and stand in front of the mirror and, you know, do your affirmations and like practice saying those words, but it really just takes – time and continually trying to show up and do it um unfortunately it's one of those things that there's just not like a quick a quick easy fix that you can you know there's not just a tip that you can just like yeah I've got this um yeah you just got to practice I like what you said earlier about how if you are having casual sex you might not see them again so who cares exactly and often like Uh, anytime I have talked to somebody that I'm having sex with they love when somebody knows what they want and is assertive like they love it they like everybody loves when somebody can be like do this and like yeah sure like so I guess not feeling insecure about speaking up during sex because majority of the time people are going to love that you know what you want and you know how you want to be pleasured because yeah, as I said earlier, like when you're having sex with a partner or partners, often they want to pleasure you. Like the amount of times I've heard that the thing that turns people on the most is turning other people on, like they're, they're, they're going to be here for it. I agree. And so you recently posted on social media a number of 2023 sexy intentions, which I love because, you know, we do so many New Year's resolutions and we set intentions for the year, but a lot of the time that doesn't involve our sex life. So I like that you had a kind of different section for them. And there were a few that I totally relate to. So one was focusing on pleasure, not orgasms, which you touched on before. And it, you know, it just makes a better sexual experience. Practice safer sex, even in drunken moments. We're going to touch on that one shortly. And then also no recycling of exes and past flings. Number two, practice safer sex, even in drunken moments. I'm the worst at this. I am. I suck. I just, and then I'm just like, oh, it's not my job. It's their job. Yeah, look, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, As a sexologist, I wish I could say 
that I was good at this but sometimes like you've got all the advice but it's hard to take it on yourself um I really struggle with this like as I said like I've I don't even know how many times I've had chlamydia now I think it's three potentially four I can't remember and that's like as a sexologist oh that's so embarrassing (laughs) like (laughs) but I think it's just so important, obviously, to practice safer sex. Obviously, there's no such thing as completely safe sex. But it's just so hard when you're intoxicated, I think, to one, assert your boundaries and you just seem to just not give a shit as much. And it's just so hard. But then the thing that's also making it harder is I found a lot of the men that I've had sex with are like, they don't want to use a condom and they try and have a conversation to talk you out of it. And when you're drunk, you just kind of get to the point where you're like, oh, fuck it, whatever, like just just do it, which is so bad. And I think, yeah, we definitely need to improve on that, especially like penis owners being like, okay, you know, we need to use condoms um, because most of the time, like they're not even being like, let's use one or pulling one out. They're just ready to ch- slip it in. Like they, it's not even a conversation that they even think of having. So yeah, I don't know. This is what I'm trying to work on. It hasn't, it as it is an intention, not a goal. It's been a little slippery so far. <laughs> I'm trying to improve, but it's it's so hard. Um, but I think always carrying condoms on you yourself, like if it's something that you really want to do, always having condoms even like lube on you like you can get little lubes or like the sachets um so I think always carrying them on you will help achieve that but it's hard depending on your level of like intoxication to to stick to an intention I feel you the last guy that I went home with we actually did use a condom and it was the first time I've used a condom in a reckon like god knows how long And I was so proud of myself. And then I just started going, this is something I should be proud of myself. Like, shouldn't this just be normal life? (laughs) Shouldn't that just be like the bare minimum? (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, maybe he's like nice. And I'm like, no. Uh, But I do think it does come on the onus of the penis owners, like a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Well, I just, I don't get why they're, there's just such an assumption nowadays that if they're having sex with women that everybody's on contraception, which I fucking hate, like there's just this, so therefore they think that they don't have to use condoms. And like I've had multiple friends where like guys will just like come inside them and then like not tell them until like they're doing it. And then they're like, what the fuck? Like I'm not on contraception. Like what are you doing? Like it's just, there's just such this big assumption that, like women or like vulva owners are just complete like they're taking care of not trying to have a baby so therefore condoms don't matter even though that's not true like even myself at the moment like I'm not on any contraception and the last person I slept with asked if I was and I said no and then I was like blind so drunk and then they're like oh can I come inside you and I was like no and then they asked again I was like oh fuck it and then thank god my period came (laughs) like it's just why I don't know why it's not more of a stress like a stress for them or concern and like if you're asking in the first place surely that means you you wouldn't want to do that I know and like I'm on the pill at the moment and I hate being on the pill it's one of my number one hates but the minute 
I I get off it. I'm having casual sex with literally half of Melbourne and I just start to freak out. So then I go back on it and then I stop having sex and then I, blah, blah, blah. it's like this wild cycle. Yeah, which it is though. And like that's, it was because this is the first time I've been off contraception in like eight years, I think. Like I've been on it since I was like 14. And it was just one of those moments I was like, oh, okay, I need to actually like get my shit together and stick by this intention. <laughs> Because, like, I obviously don't want to have a child. So, yeah, I need to I need to sit down and really think about that one. <laughs> mm, me too, me too. And your other one was no recycling of exes slash past flings. How are you going with that one? I've actually stuck to this one. I'm really proud of myself. Thank you. It's fucking hard, though. I'm so bad for going back to what I know is comfortable, especially for sex. Because I'm like, I would rather have sex with somebody, even if they're the most toxic person in the world, because I know it's going to be good. I know they know how to fuck me. And I love that. Whereas when I go to somebody new, I often feel like it's just like having somebody in like kindergarten. I got to like walk them through everything again and, you know, build up that comfortability with them and just like how to have sex with me basically and vice versa. So yeah, I've always had a bad habit, but I'm doing well. I had one text last week and I ignored it. So I I know, I know it's so unlike me. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same a little bit at the moment because I'm off dating apps. And so all of like the people that are in my DMs on Instagram are people that I know or I've slept with before. And I'm like, no, we're, we're only new people this year. Fresh. We're starting afresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, I just kept thinking when I was like setting my intentions, I was like, whatever I'm doing, it's not working. I was like, I need to just do things different this year. And I was like, if I only have new people coming in, surely that's going to mean something's a bit different. Like instead of constantly going back to the people that I'm comfortable with. And how can we set our own personal sexual intentions for the year? So I think you just really need to sit down and think about, okay, like what's not working for me right now? Like for instance, I was like, okay, not using condoms is not working. And when is it not working? It's when I'm drunk. And so just really looking at like, what's not working for you? what could be better? Like, what do you like? I want more of this. I want to improve this in my sex life. What's potentially holding your sex life back? Like, do you need to take more risks or, you know, put yourself in different situations and scenarios? Um, And like, what do you actually want to get out of your sex life? Like, what does your ideal sex life actually look like? And like, how do you want it to feel and who do you want it to be with? So I think, sitting down thinking about those questions then you're going to find what your intentions are and like obviously these aren't goals so therefore like it's not like like, I have a goal of sleeping with five people it might be the intention of like I want to sleep with more people so therefore you don't have that guilt if you're not necessarily reaching it because there's nothing to really reach for it's just trying to change your actions and how you're maybe thinking about sex so that you can improve it or you know, just have a a better sex life. I feel like I need to sit down and work out my sexual intentions for the year. But one thing for me in 2023, I'm all about consciously dating or dating with a purpose. So I used to be a little bit of a serial dater, would probably go on like a date every week or so, usually from a dating app. But I have since 
deleted all dating apps and I'm being really purposeful with the people that I meet up with and if I don't see there being a long-term relationship and obviously that's kind of my goal at the moment I just don't bother I'm like "Mm, don't really need anything casual at the moment but in the same sense every now and again wouldn't be a bad thing to get laid what do I do in this situation? I feel like I've almost like hindered myself from ever having sex ever again. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I guess a question for you, like what does consciously dating mean for you? So I think for me, it's like only dating people that I think have a potential to be like my husband. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So obviously with, you know, conscious dating being I only want to date people who are going to be my husband instantly gets makes your pool of people much smaller. So, (laughs) and I guess if you're only then wanting to have sex with people who could potentially be your husband, it's obviously going to impact the amount of people you're probably going to have as an option to have sex with, unless, you know, you have a very broad definition of what your husband could be. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you've got it like you can go like one or two ways I guess but one thing could be separating like who you consciously dating and casual sex like being like okay I'm only gonna actually date people who you know I want to be my husband but I'm still gonna allow myself to have sex with other people but it's gonna be casual and not having that um like, you know, commitment, connection, whatever that is. So I guess that would be one way to try and do it. But if you're just wanting to, you know, only consciously date and have those people who like could potentially be your husband, I think the main priority has got to be solo sex because it's just one of those things that unless you're finding people who fit that criteria a lot, if you want to hold yourself to that, you know, intention, Unfortunately, one of the things that's going to come with that is potentially having less sex because you're trying to build more meaningful connections. And especially in our 20s, like there's just not a lot of people around who are looking for that long-term relationship or are the right match. Like there's just so much casual dating going Mm. on. So like it's a really hard – because like you're 25, aren't you? 27. 27. Okay. Still going to be like, you know – people in their 20s and I've heard like it's the same in like people in their 30s as well but I just feel like it's one of those hard things that unless you're going to also like you know throw some casual sex in there or you happen to come across that person quickly or you have a you know a broader range of what your husband could be it's going to be hard to you know have sex flowing and coming in from different people Um, until you find I guess that one that you're like yes and what about with casual sex I have previously met most of them some have been at like a bar or a club late at night or most of them have been via dating apps and that's something I don't really want to go back into what are your thoughts on dating apps um I think they have their purpose and they can be really beneficial it just depends on how you I guess, want want to use them. I find that you can often filter through people pretty quickly. Like you can tell just from a few messages whether this person, what they're really after or if they're literally sending you their Snapchat in like three messages. So 
it depends, I guess, what your intentions are when using them. I think when you're trying to find a long-term partner, they can just feel so shitty and like draining and yeah, that part of it fucking sucks and it feels so hard to try and find, I guess, that person. And I also think it's hard because like, although it broadens who you can reach, it's so hard to like know if you're going to connect with somebody like I'm so big on voices and like just seeing somebody in their energy like there's been some people that I have swiped no on like a dating app and then I see them out and I'm like oh you like I would never have swiped right on you on tinder and I know I didn't but like now that you're in front of me and I'm talking to you and we have banter and like I can feel that chemistry a bit more like I would would go go you so I feel like it's a bit superficial and that you're literally purely basing it off looks and there are people who could potentially be a good fit for you but you're just like no in that photo you're not you're not reaching that it is so superficial and like when I think about my past boyfriends and relationships I don't think I would have swiped right on right yeah right on any of them like, yeah, I would have missed out on these like amazing relationships because they're so superficial. Yeah, literally. And they are. It's just, it's such a hard, it's just such a hard thing to like navigate. That's why I always get their like Snapchats and send a talking video. So they send me one back, hopefully. Mm. And then I'm like, get their vibe a bit more. Cause, or even like on Instagram, like sending a voice notes. Cause I'm so big on voices. I don't know why, but that is like my thing. I'm like, they have to have a nice voice. I think. Like I'm, I'm not into voices, but if someone had a shit voice, I'd be like, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. I just, I remember there was one guy. It's any time when I don't do what I always do, and I'm like, oh, this will be fine. I can meet them straight off Hinge, and then it's just like, no, no, this is why you have your protocol. <laughs> I just remember he walked in. He, I heard he like the way he spoke. It wasn't even necessarily his tone of voice, just the way he spoke, and I was just like, ew. No, right now I've got to sit here and listen to this. <laughs> oh, there's nothing worse. There's honestly nothing worse. Well, anyway, we're getting close to wrapping up. But before we go, I would love for you to share where my listeners can learn more about you. Yes, so you can learn more about me on my Instagram, That's Orgasmic. Um, I also have a website, www.emilyduncansexology.com um, for anybody that wants to potentially book in a session. I have free 15-minute consults uh, where you can work out if I'm the right fit for you or if you have any sex questions. And obviously, then my podcast, That's Orgasmic, which is on all streaming platforms. Amazing. And now I have one last question for you because this is a self love podcast. What is something that you do every day that makes you feel alive and the best version of you? So, something I do every day is journaling. I'm a massive journaler and it just brings me back down to earth. Um, also, makes me feel like I'm able to, you know, feel whatever you know is coming up uh actually put a label to it and understand what's going on and I just feel like it is the one thing that has consistently made me feel like I'm becoming a better version of myself like I'm building my self-awareness understanding what's going on also able to clear my head so I can go about my day and achieve more I love that maybe I should get into journaling I feel like you've inspired me yeah it's literally it's literally amazing I do it basically every day I have for like 
since I was 19 and I used to hate journaling like I remember I did it a couple times as a kid I'd have to like burn the pages afterwards because I was like no one can ever see this but like once I started it changed everything because I used to lie in bed and not be able to stop thinking about boys like so toxic I would not be able to stop thinking about them and then I had to sit up one night and I just wrote everything out and I fell asleep and I was like oh my god this is gonna cure my insanity I need to do that. I'm a bit insane. So here we go. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me. I've had so much fun and I've learned a lot. Amazing. I've had so much fun too. It's been the best. Thank you so much for having me in your ear holes today. As always, please subscribe, rate and review via your favorite podcast app and follow on Instagram at selfishsesh. Stay selfish, babes, and chat soon.